السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين بإذن الله today we will be going over three of the stories in the 27th juz we ask Allah سبحانه وتعالى to accept all our good deeds during this blessed month and we ask him to make us from those who and also written from amongst those who will enter into Jannah. Amin. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you, Shaykh? Alhamdulillah, how are you? Alhamdulillah, wow. Alhamdulillah. Today we've got the 27th Juz. Looking through the 27th Juz as a whole, you would find that uh, a lot of the verses Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is calling the people to ponder over the signs, to look around. He's calling them to ponder over the previous nations, what occurred to them, the punishment that, you know, reached them. Then in some of the verses, he is addressing the people of Quraysh at the time, as well as those who come after to say that, don't think that what we gave you is much more than what we gave the previous nations. We gave them a lot. But after they disobeyed and oppressed themselves, they also went down, or they were also destroyed. In Surah Al-Najm, Allah he begins by saying, hawa. He then speaks about quite a few things. He speaks about how Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, number one, he gets wahi, he gets revelation. What he speaks is wahi and revelation. In other words, he is uh, conveying the message of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and he's not a madman. At the same time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about Jibreel alayhi salam, how Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam saw him on two occasions and he went with him on mi'raj. There's a few points to touch here, to touch on here. Even though Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the mi'raj, just before that he says, وَمَا يَنْطِقُ عَنِ الْهَوَى Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the messenger, he doesn't speak from his own desires. إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحْيُ يُوحَى in fact, what he speaks, what he says is wahi and revelation. As we mentioned before, the anbiya, alayhimu salatu wassalam, the messengers, whatever message they conveyed from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the message itself, they were protected, you know, from disbelieving that message firstly. They are protected from committing major sins. And if they had to make a mistake, so for example, at the time of the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, when he turned away from the blind man, if he made a mistake, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would inform him about this mistake. Something interesting that comes up, especially today, a lot of people, they say that, you know what, let's believe in the Qur'an only. Those who truly believe in the Qur'an would find that this Qur'an, reading it, understanding it fully, would also lead you to believing in the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So a small example a person who only wants to believe in the Qur'an, in the Qur'an it says, وَأَقِيمُ الصَّلَاةَ وَآتُ الزَّكَاةِ You know, perform your salah, give out your zakah. Where's the detail? Where did the four units of Buhr come? Four units of Isha come? Where is that all mentioned? That's all mentioned in the Sunnah. It's not mentioned in the Qur'an. Also when it comes to your zakah, yes, you give your charity. How much do you give? If it's money, where did 2.5% come from? If it's not money, if it's to do with grain, if it's to do with fruit, etc. Where do those percentages come from? Where is all that detail? And that detail you would find is in the sunnah. So when we say 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا يَنْطِقُ عَنِ الْهَوَى Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam doesn't speak from his desire. In fact, what he speaks is also revelation. We take from this verse that yes, the Qur'an is revelation, the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but also the sunnah, what is authentic, is also part of revelation. And these two, the one who recites the Qur'an, ponders over it deeply, realizes that you have to believe in both. And then your religion becomes complete, your deen becomes complete. Absolutely, Sheikh. And also we find that these people who claim that it is only the Qur'an that we take from most of the time, uh, you see that they're not scholars per se. They might have done a bit of reading or, you know, read a few tafasir, etc. And then they claim that this is the case. Uh, in reality, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا أَتَكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَخُذُوهُ That which the Messenger has given you, then take it. وَمَا نَهَاكُمْ عَنْهُ فَانْتَهُ And that which he has prevented you from doing, then stop from that. Uh, and we know that the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gave us knowledge. He didn't leave us with a dinar or a dirham. Uh, indeed, he, indeed, he left behind knowledge. So this knowledge that Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam left us with is what we've got to uh, practice upon. And, you know, this also comes from the hadith and the uh, sayings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his tradition, his way, uh, so to speak. So I think that's a very uh, silly argument, so to speak, that only take from the Qur'an and leave out the sunnah. That doesn't make sense because ultimately if you're taking from the Qur'an, the Qur'an is telling you to take from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Um, you know, later on where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it is said that he was فَكَانَ قَابَ قَوْسَيْنِ أَوْ أَدْنَى So he was closer he was the distance of two bow lengths from uh, Jibreel or even closer. You know, something interesting in the tafsir of that ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in various places in the Quran, he uses this methodology. Uh, so we find that uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, an example doesn't come to mind right now, but uh, So we sent him to a hundred thousand or more. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala definitely knows the exact number, but he doesn't mention this exact number. Rather, he says a hundred thousand or more. Here he says two bows lengths, you know, two lengths of a bow or closer. So sometimes numbers and exact figures don't matter. When that's not going to change the outcome of a situation. We don't need to know uh, exactly what that figure and number is. Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't tell us exactly the number of the people of the cave. Uh, we don't need to know these figures sometimes. And we end up getting, you know, uh, too, too, what do you say? Too worried about the figure and too, you know, interested in the exact figure. It doesn't matter as long as you gotten the understanding properly, that's enough for you. Here, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was close, close uh, enough to Jibreel alayhi salatu wa sallam for us to realize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about how he, he saw Jibreel in his magnanimity and in his uh, true form. It must have been something amazing, you know. Uh, so for you to understand that is enough. Khair, alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given me this much knowledge, it's enough for me. Uh, so I think that's something that we can really, uh, you know, take away from this ayah. As you mentioned, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we find in the Quran, 
he doesn't go into so much detail in certain things. Where we need that detail, that detail is mentioned. As you mentioned, the people of the cave, it's not mentioned how old they were, for example, how many they were exactly. That is not important. And sometimes we get too engrossed in the nitty gritty or the small little details that don't really make a difference or they don't matter when it comes to the outcome. You know, something similar, but on the side, uh, I was reading something interesting today or last night. There was one guy speaking about a few things and then they, they were saying basically the concept, if you have an idea, put, imagine it as a vehicle, right? If you're worrying about this one wheel, it's going to be a perfect wheel and it's going to be like this and all the details, if the car itself is not moving, what good is that wheel for you? So sometimes, as you mentioned, we get, we waste our time in this nitty gritty when the bigger picture is not, uh, you know, it's not something we can use and something we can, uh, you know, take benefit from, use it how it's supposed to be used. So I think that's important and that's an important lesson you take from there. That's, that's a practical example, uh, you know, where a person can really bring it down into their own lives and, and apply it into their own lives. So, uh, subhanAllah, jazakallah khair for that uh, explanation and example. Yeah, moving on, we find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then speaks about some of the previous nations. So he speaks about uh, Nuh, he speaks about the people of Nuh, he speaks about the people of Ad, Thamud, uh, Lut, Fir'aun. He then speaks about their punishment. So he says that they did this, uh, for example, one of the verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says they belied our messenger. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala punishes them. What's interesting is we find that there's different types of punishments that came to these people. So the people of Nuh, for example, they were drowned. The flood came. Another group of people there were stones that came down from the heavens. Another group of people, there was a strong wind. Another group of people, uh, the people of Saleh alayhi salam, there was what we could call a loud scream or screech. And that caused them to die. So I think something we can take from this is, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَفَأَمِنُوا مَكْرَ اللَّهِ You know, people who carry on disobeying, oppressing others, doing the wrong thing, do they feel safe that, you know, this punishment won't get to them? For some of them, it came from through the water. Fir'aun was drowned. Others, it came from the sky. Stones came down. Hijara, for example. Other people, it was a strong gust of wind. Other people, as we mentioned, a loud scream. So how is it that a human being, you know, they can sleep at night doing everything wrong, not fearing the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could send anything and you could go? So that's very important to mention and always important to ponder over. And, you know, we can put it in our day-to-day uh, -day examples or day-to-day -day lives. Sometimes people think that, you know what, I've got everything and I'll go and I'll do this, I'll do this. The next minute, you know, may Allah save us, but in a car crash, they are gone. We're not saying everybody who dies in a car crash, there was something wrong with them. No, but sometimes you find a person, he's, he's not really worried and then death reaches him or Allah destroys him in a way where... He himself didn't see it coming. Yes, wallah, he's so true. That's so true. You know, sometimes we live our lives as though we're never going to leave this world or, you know, subhanAllah, we won't be punished for the sins that we commit. But in reality, uh, a believer is always between fear and hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we speak a lot about the hope uh, in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But sometimes we, we leave, or a lot of the time, we leave out uh, the part which has to do with the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So 
I think in order to have, you know, good faith and strong belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we have to uh, have this balance, balance between the two. Um, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And we carried him, Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam, upon planks and uh, nails or, you know, screws, so to speak. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses this specific, uh, these specific words, which are planks and nails. He could have easily said the ark or, you know, the, the boat, but he uses the, these specific uh, words and I was trying to think that why would Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala use these words now what I take away from this I'm not saying he did use it specifically for this but you know what I take away from this is that sometimes we look at a huge system or a machine and, and we think wow this is amazingly big and look at how fascinating it is it works in such a sophisticated manner etc whereas if you realize in reality, all that it is, is the components that make it up. So here you have, you know, screws and planks or nails and planks. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us. Look, it's nails and planks here. Now it was, yes, it is the intelligence that of, of the being that brought this all together, that makes it the machine that it is. But sometimes if you break things down to the, the, the small little bits and bobs that it really is, it becomes easier for you to uh, engage in a task or to uh, begin a task. It looks a bit easier than it actually does when it's all brought together. Because, you know, sometimes you look at a factory and, and you say, wow, this is like a city on its own or a village on its own. And you wonder how Insan built all of this and whether you would ever be able to achieve something like that in your life. But in reality, if you look at it as, you know, the small components that make it up, and if you had to draw it on a piece of paper and realize that, wow, this is not so complicated after all, uh, then it becomes easier for you to have uh, higher hopes and aspirations. Now, you mentioned a powerful point, breaking things down, simplifying them to get to that bigger picture or to get to the picture as a whole. We can only imagine it's not mentioned anyway, but Nuh alayhi salam, Yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says his people were mocking him when he was building the ark. Surely he must have been building it slowly, slowly, until it eventually took shape. And Allah knows best. So the same when it comes to our own day-to-day -day lives, you find that you've got a big task, break it down. You know, I was listening to someone and they said that uh, to, when it comes to, for example, writing a book, they said when you look at your book, you find it's this size here. And, you know, if you're not used to writing, you won't really write Break it down, put it into so many blog posts. For example, for those who write books out there, or somebody else said that if you want, then break it down from your tweets or your Instagram posts, whatever it is. Remember, as a Muslim, whatever is of benefit, whatever is of good, whatever is a means, do it and use it. And you know what? Go and help others or give others from the goodness that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taught you. I get a very practical example that I, I can benefit uh, from myself. You know, sometimes you sit and you, you, you write and you're trying to write a book or something and you think, hey, I've only written two pages and now I'm already stuck. I don't know where to go. I am not, you know, I don't really have a, a clear picture as to what my goal is from this book. Uh, sometimes you don't have a, a definitive goal when you start writing. You just start and say, let me see where this takes me. 
So, uh, subhanAllah, you know, something that you mentioned, break it down into small pieces. It, it makes it easier uh, for you to c- complete, you know, you're writing a little piece, then you've ended it and you, you, you start again or you start something, uh, another chapter, perhaps you, you, you know, uh, break it down into chapters or uh, perhaps just portions that are, are easy for you to finish off and then, and then start again, subhanAllah. You know, since we're on the point, and there might be a few people who follow, I'm quite sure, and who write their own books, especially books of goodness, etc. I think two things I learned in the last two or three months, watching a few people. One person said, if you want to write a book and you're not really a writer, just take your, you know, make like a presentation. and Take your small topics you want, write. He says that you look at what you want to write. Imagine a person who doesn't have your solution and then a person who has your solution here. Write down what he needs to do to get there. After that, he says that take a few of these points, make it into like, you know, a lecture or a, uh, we could call it a slideshow, a presentation. He said, record that, take out the transcription, give it to an editor, edit it, you've got your book. Another thing to mention, I'll, I'll just add there since we're on the topic, is that when you're writing, generally, a lot of people say you've got two sides to your brain or you've got two, you know, when you're writing, you've got your creative side and then you've got the side that wants to always correct you. Allah knows best how many sides there are, but we can all relate that, you know, sometimes you want to do something and you say that I'll do this and this and this and this. And then there's another part of you that comes and says that, no, but you have to correct this and you have to treat this. So this guy's uh, philosophy is that you know what, first, when you're starting off, leave your creative, your creative side to write, do and write anything, any idea that comes to you. Don't let your intelligence side come and correct everything. He said, write everything. After that, then go back and start correcting. Because sometimes people get, you know what they call writer's block, or as you mentioned, after one chapter, they get stuck. They don't know what to do next. I think that's practical. And uh, subhanAllah, we reached there after taking from the story of Nuh alayhi salam, breaking things down. So we hope that is beneficial. Yes, subhanAllah, that's, but that's so true. It, it, it teaches us the vastness of the Qur'an and the depth of the Qur'an. You know, uh, we started from something, one point, and look at where we, we took the points for, uh, to and the practical applications that we found out of this ayah. Uh, you know, or inspired from this ayah, not necessarily extracted, but inspired from this ayah. So, subhanAllah, there, there's so much that we can really learn from the Qur'an. SubhanAllah. Moving on, we find on roughly the last page of the 27th Juz, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about uh, Nuh alayhi salam. He also speaks about Ibrahim alayhi salam. And he says that we gave them nubuwah, وَجَعَلْنَا فِي ذُرِّيَّتِهِمَ النُّبُوَّةَ وَالْكِتَابِ and basically, we put in their families or their lineage, Nubuwa uh, or prophethood. So we find that from Nuh alayhi salam, the other Anbiya came. And then from Ibrahim alayhi salam, the Anbiya alayhi salatu wassalam came. I think what's interesting to mention is after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that in their families, we put this Nubuwa. He then says, وَكَثِيرٌ مِّنْهُمْ فَاسِقُونَ And a lot of them, you know, they disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are sinners, etc. So even though the father or the grandfather was a pious person, it didn't necessarily mean that all the children, they didn't get nubuwa. Not only that, it didn't mean that they were uh, very good or very pious either. So it's important to remember that it's not who you are in terms of your lineage. You know, your, your deeds, 
the, your deeds is the final judgment or that's what matters eventually. As the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, As for the one whose deeds are slow, he's fallen behind. His lineage doesn't make him go faster. So, you know, if somebody comes on the day of Qiyamah, for example, and he doesn't have enough deeds, but then he says that, you know what, I'm so-and-so. That doesn't make a difference. In this world, maybe he might go through you know, there might be a checkpoint, whatever it may be, and then they checking for things, and he says, I'm the son of so-and-so, so you carry on. You not, you remain. No, on that day, or in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this judgment is according to your deeds. Allah is so true. I was going to talk about the same point, subhanAllah, wa kathirun minhum fasikun, 100%. You know, uh, sometimes we feel like uh, we come from a religious uh, background or family or uh, circumstance and situation and uh, in reality look at these children of the Anbiya alayhimu salatu wassalam Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying wa kathirun minhum fasiqun and many of them will be wrongdoers or, or criminals so to speak uh, you know in the, in the same breath we can also gather from this that don't expect you know yes have make the best effort on your children but don't expect all of them to come out the way you want them to. Uh, you, of course, the Anbiya alayhimu salatu wassalam were most, most perfect in their actions and they would have brought their children up in the best possible manner. Uh, but that doesn't mean that, you know, from the offspring, all of the offspring would be good and righteous. Uh, sometimes you find a, a child who decides for himself to be uh, bad or, or evil, then that's for him and that's what he's chosen for his life. Yes, it hurts us. Yes, it affects us. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you've done your duty and you've done your best. And then you leave it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, ultimately, guidance is not in our hands. It's in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Guidance comes from him. He guides whoever he wishes. For us, we have to put in the effort or convey the message, try our best. Even though somebody, especially when you find it's your child or relative, and they've gone off, so to say, somebody's on drugs or they have bad habits. Yes, you try and tell them, you try and advise them, you try your best. Even if you may not see any signs of them taking your warning or trying to improve, you still carry on doing what you need to do. Don't lose hope in them. But at the same time, don't become so depressed because that guidance was not in your hands in the first place. Absolutely, Sheikhna. Is there anything else you'd like to mention? No, Jazakallah Khair. Exactly. Um, yeah, inshallah, tomorrow we go over the 28th juz, and uh, from there, or oh, after today, there's only three ajza left, which would mean that there's only a few nights of Ramadan left. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from those who benefit from these nights. Try your best. There's only a few more nights left. We, we don't know how many more Ramadans we may see. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us all goodness. Amen. Shaykhana, inshallah, we'll see you tomorrow. إن شاء الله السلام عليكم وعليكم السلام ورحمة الله وبركاته